This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic full-service creative consultancy proud to reach more farmers, farmer boards, and food and commodity associations than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. Good afternoon, I'm Ben Nully. Differences continue to narrow in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement Working Group, but labor is the sticking point. House Ways and Means Committee Chair Richard Neal heads up the group of Democrats charged with compromising on USMCA with U.S. Trade Ambassador Robert Lighthizer. We made some advances today, but we're still, you know, into those three or four issues. I do think that it would be a good idea if labor, the FMLCIO and, and uh, trade staff here in the House and the uh, USTR would get together during the next 10 or 12 days. Yesterday, The Intercept reported AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka told House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to vote no on USMCA if workers' concerns go unaddressed. Neal adds the USMCA Working Group wants labor standards to be a template for future trade agreements. And if you remember back to the May 10th agreement as it related to the bilateral with Peru, one of the difficulties there was that We tried to use that as the agreement going forward, but that came after NAFTA. I think that at minimum, we want those May 10th uh, agreements copper fastened. Neil is headed to Canada next week to meet with the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. As a reminder for the folks in Washington, D.C., AgriPulse and the National Association of Wheat Growers are hosting a Hill briefing on USMCA tomorrow morning from 8 to 9.30 in 1300 Longworth. Biofuel oil and farm groups are not holding back on criticizing the Environmental Protection Agency's new plan to calculate small refiners' exemptions from annual biofuel usage mandates. During a public hearing in Michigan today, Patrick Kelly with the American Petroleum Institute said the current proposal is not going to work. We urge EPA to reconsider its decision to reallocate volumes from exempted small refineries onto other obligated parties. The RFS is a prospective program, and it would be inappropriate for EPA to artificially increase the renewable fuel requirements to account for prior year issues, including small refinery exemptions. On the other side, Kate Schenk with the National Biodiesel Board says the proposal runs counter to what biofuel groups agreed to with President Trump on October 4th. EPA claims that its proposal will work because it will grant fewer exemptions going forward. But the proposal contains no assurances that EPA will do so. Instead, it specifically notes that the EPA may continue to grant exemptions even when the Department of Energy determines they are not warranted. Growth Energy CEO Emily Score agrees with Shank. Midwestern lawmakers and governors have seen the damage firsthand and worked with the president to secure a deal that would start to undo the damage, a deal that would honor this administration's commitments to farmers, biofuel producers, rural America, as well as small refineries. The public will now have 30 days to submit comments on the proposal. The agency plans to finalize this action later this year. Today's AgriPulse update is brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic, full-service, creative consultancy proud to reach more farmers, farmer boards, and food and commodity associations than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. Some 60,000 FFA students are in Indianapolis this week. 
Spencer Chase has more. FFA members from across the country are in Indianapolis this week for the 92nd Annual National FFA Convention. National FFA Organization CEO Mark Peschel says it could be a record-setting week. We had record pre-registration this year. Uh, over 65,000 indicated that they're going to be on hand with us this week, and, and generally we have some walk-ups, so we're going to do our best to try to push that that 70,000 number that we that we almost reached last year. The annual convention serves many purposes from awarding national champions in competitive events to conducting the official business of the organization. Peschel says on the latter point, FFA members have considered changes to the organization's governance to reflect changes to the FFA public law approved by Congress. One, FFA is, is more self-governing. We identify our own board of directors versus those coming from a federal agency. We're also able for the first time to legislate legislatively call out the integral nature of FFA as a part of classroom agricultural education. The convention concludes Saturday with the naming of six new National FFA officers. Reporting from the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis, Spencer Chase, AgriPulse. Always stay up to date with the latest agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news at agripulse.com. In Washington, I'm Ben Nulling.